Badger Politics. I'm Scott Stearns. Paul Sickle. Good to talk to you, Scott. Paul, how you been? It's been a little while. There's been an election. There has been an election. It's in the books. And uh, as much as many Republicans around the country would like to think otherwise. They want to stop the steal. We have a president-elect, and it is Joe Biden. There is no steal. Basically what it is, in a nutshell, is just the stages of grief for the GOP, where they are going through everything from denial to hopefully acceptance someday. I don't know. We'll see. But meanwhile, the rest of us are moving on because Joe Biden won. He's up in popular vote by 7 million votes. He won the Electoral College by 306 to 232, which is a number that sounds familiar from a previous podcast, Paul. Uh, yes, and the exact margin Trump won by uh, four years it, ago. That's what only- you're talking about, right? You're not talking about anybody's prediction. <laughs> anybody's prediction? No, not at all. You're not being immodest in any way, are you? <laughs> I did call the number on our previous podcast, 306 to 232, but I did not call uh-huh. the state's. I had by winning North Carolina, not Georgia, and I had Biden winning all of Maine, which makes up for the 16 votes there. So, well, but, well uh, unlike you, I predicted every Biden victory. However, I also predicted some that ultimately went to Trump. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I did predict Georgia, you but did. I also predicted North Carolina and Florida. It's obviously been an eventful month. We've been trying to record before this point, but it's challenging for various reasons, you know, given mm-hmm. the pandemic and everybody's got stuff going on in their lives. But anyway, it's been a crazy month because this president, we never really expected him to concede. Who would have thought that he would be like deferential right. and, and cordial no, and exactly. called Joe Biden and be like, Mr. President-elect, I wish you the best of luck and I will throw my support behind you as the norms have been in the past. That's not this guy. This guy has just never in his career has shown an ounce of humility or the ability to just kind of do the decent thing. I don't know if it comes down to his parents never taught him how to lose gracefully. I don't know what it is, but a lot of Democrats, I think, were freaking out and they wanted the concession. They wanted that closure, move on to the next thing, you know, like return to political norms. That's not what you're going to get here. No, I don't think that many people are honestly that surprised, though. It's a desire. You're not going to get it. No, and you're not. And the other thing that's kind of frightening is that he's out there raising money. Mm -hmm. They have all these lawsuits and court cases around the country, none of which are going anywhere. And I don't know if I believe that, that he raised $270 million. I mean, that's what they are saying. Mm -hmm. Is that true since the election that he actually, I mean, that just seems like a lot of money. He's raising a lot of money and in the fine print, it makes it plain that it's not necessarily going to fight in the courts. It can be used well, no, to pay off debts be... of the campaign and, you know. No, but it makes him a power player mm-hmm. going forward. Sure. Well, say. that's been the speculation now is that he'll announce like on inauguration day or something like that, that he's running in 2024. Right. Well, and this and... gives him a platform. I mean, it allows him to buy time. That's so far out. <laughs> I'm not really willing mm-hmm. to make a prediction on what things look like in four years. He can run primaries against people. What's going on in Georgia right now? Because we have yeah. the Senate elections down there taking place next month. So that's going to be uh, something to watch. And apparently Trump is visiting Georgia this weekend to throw his weight behind Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. Also, the Republican Party in Georgia is going through basically a civil war right now because the governor and the secretary of state have certified that the election down there was clean everything is Mm -hmm. on the up and up 
But Leffler, Purdue, Trump, others in Georgia have turned their fire on the Secretary of State and the governor to call the election a fraud, as they're calling the elections fraud in states where they don't think they should have lost, i.e. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, etc. All these places where they've brought lawsuits that have not borne fruit at all. What do you think is going to happen in those Senate races? My gut says, you know, the Republicans still have the edge. You do have a certain amount of turnout. I mean, what did Biden win in Georgia by like 14,000 votes or something like that? Yeah, out of 5 million. And you'd expect that a certain percentage of those votes were from never Trumpers or people that just didn't vote for president or just couldn't Mm -hmm. stomach voting for Trump. Does that same motivation assert itself in a Senate race? I don't yeah, know. I, think I don't tough. know. Plus, if they you're... don't have term day registration, which I think correct. Which, although a lot of people, we didn't this year, and I think that actually made our margin smaller in Wisconsin. Yeah, one might say COVID hurt mm-hmm. Trump. However, I actually think he played COVID, given how bad it was, the way he got sick and had his little comeback. Like it was actually kind of effective. Like in a way, I don't support. But the other thing he did was he made himself like the ally of small business and stuff. Sure. Sure. saying everybody should reopen that stuff plays in terms of georgia what i would say is the fact that republicans are calling fraud and again are at war with the state government in georgia so how much does that depress the vote yeah i don't think that's going to depress the vote at all now i and, think that uh, when you have people that are pissed off and they feel like their vote is somehow being suppressed or whatever mm-hmm. they're not like when they pissed off when they lose they're more motivated than before to vote we saw okay. that from democrats in special elections yeah we saw it somewhat in 2018 it started to taper off a little bit but we still saw it this last year right and that carried us through ultimately i think especially in suburban areas the one thing is trump's being a jerk is probably pissing off a lot of our voters as well the safest way to keep those georgia seats would have been for Trump to concede straight up and then be like, it was really close. I think America made a mistake because I'm Donald Trump. Like, that's what he could have said. I'll think about running again and I will support the transition, but I think that you're going to miss me sooner than you know. He could have done it like that. I mean, that's not in his DNA, but it actually would have been smart. It wouldn't have helped him raise his money, but it would have helped the Republicans in Georgia, I think, a lot because then they would have been really pissed that they lost Georgia. They're pissed, but they're pissing off people that don't like Trump too. Yeah. By being assholes, they're keeping the Democratic base ready to move. And I think that that may be very powerful and might actually lead to the Democrats winning. It probably comes down to like the basic tactics that the campaigns use, their message discipline. If they connect to something that's happening Georgia wide, not nationally necessarily, if it's that close, they'll come down to field tactics, things like that. So, so January 5th, yeah. David Perdue versus John Ossoff, and then the Reverend Raphael Warnock versus Kelly Leffler. Yeah, but, the fact uh, that they're incumbents probably does help. So I give the of course. Edge. I give the slight edge. The, to the incumbent the always has the edge. I think Warnock probably has a better chance. You think so? I think Ossoff, given his name recognition and the fact that he's been able to kind of tar Purdue with the stock trading. Well, that might be the thing. I think the negatives for Purdue might be higher, but I don't know. Obviously, I'm not living in Atlanta or what the impact is. Well, I look at race, and I think that race will help turn out black voters for Warnock, including Mm -hmm. black conservatives. Sure. Uh, And 
black conservatives were a thing this year. That is actually one of the biggest reasons Biden underperformed was actually non-white voters who decided to vote for Trump. And it's a big surprise. And I think that's one of the things pollsters got wrong. Yeah. In terms of the lawsuits that are going on across the country, which they're filing lawsuits everywhere, and Giuliani's behind a lot of it, and it's just, I mean, we don't need to go into details because it's just go on Twitter and you'll see videos that are just ridiculous, whatever. So this week in Wisconsin, we had one of the lawsuits came here and it went right to the state Supreme Court who rejected- Several lawsuits came here, actually. Right. right. But the Supreme Court uh, rejected a request to revoke the certification of his loss to Joe Biden. And the decision was four to three. Conservative Justice Brian Hagedorn, once again, as he has done a few times recently, joined three liberals on the court to strike down their petition. Now, in her defense, I think Rogan Sachs says she may not have ruled that Mm -hmm. way. But Rebecca Bradley, of course, went off. Well, Bradley and Ziegler. I mean, Bradley in particular is just... We knew going in when she was appointed and then won re-election that she was going to be a Federalist Society-style judge. Yeah. Clearly, Hagedorn, at least initially, you know, he's only been in a short amount of time, but so far is kind of modeling himself after John Roberts in that at least it appears that he has respect for the institution and isn't just trying to be a toady. Yeah, he's pretty partisan, but... Yeah, he beat Lisa Neubauer in 2019, and it was very close. It was, mm-hmm. like, within a percentage point. It was neck and neck, and he pulled it out. Obviously, if he had lost, it would be a 4-3 to three liberal court at this point. Right. But, so, Scott, what do you think overall? Are you, You're pleased, obviously, with Biden winning. Are you disappointed overall with the election, or do you think that it turned out... Disappointed in the Senate results... I think there were opportunities there. Disappointed in them losing House seats. But I think there's a lesson there. Well, what is the lesson? Because I keep hearing different things. Like I keep hearing, well, we lost because we were all white voters and all that. And But then when you look at most of the seats we lost, they're actually in Southern California, several in South Florida, one in New York City. So they weren't exactly rural districts that we were losing. The Republicans, I think, did a good job of targeting mm-hmm. certain districts. The socialist flag, all that stuff that has an effect on Cuban voters in Southern Florida. If you look at Southern California and elsewhere, the fact that they were able to take slogans like defund the police, for instance, and kind of just yeah. raise that up as the Democratic Party platform de facto. And as we said previously, Obama has said as much. Promoting that slogan is a poor sales pitch. If you're going yeah. to convince people to get on board with police reform, defund the police sends the wrong message. And it doesn't matter what the details are at this point. You, the moment you throw that slogan out there, you're basically creating a wall for anybody. Once that's you have to start, somebody pointed this out, said this to me. Once you're starting to explain things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're in trouble. Pretty much. So stuff like that, I think, kind of plays into it. But yeah, the Senate elections, they're disappointing because they had opportunities in multiple yeah. states. And it's not only just Montana, but Joni Ernst looked like she was on the ropes. I mean, Susan Collins in Maine, she did not have a poll for like six months showing her in the lead. And somehow she pulled it off with flying colors. Even though Biden did pretty well in Maine. 
some of that may come down to again the challenges with polling as we mentioned the way i look at it is the defund the police thing was problematic with actually more working class african-american latinx voters as well as whites it cost us in urban areas i mean that's why we lost that seat in new york city that includes brooklyn and parts of brooklyn and staten island are now represented by a republican i mean staten island's very republican but brooklyn's not i don't want to limit it to just that one issue it's not just that there's a whole plethora of issues and democrats need to remind themselves that they are a big tent there's room in the party for everybody from aoc bernie sanders and the jeff merkley's of the world but there's also room for the joe biden's and there's also room for the ron kinds right Mm -hmm. i mean we need to make sure that there's space for dialogue and that one side or the other doesn't get shunned and shut out and not able to voice their viewpoints and so I, I'm actually and, a little more hopeful about things mm-hmm. because I actually think the seats we lost are winnable again. Yeah. The Senate map actually, I think, looks better in 2022 than it did in 2020. Yeah. Uh, we At a future recording, we can go over that. But um, well, we have to talk about Wisconsin in 2022. We've got a governor's <sighs> well, race. We, and, uh, we we've have, got our own senator. We have Ron Johnson. Nobody's senator but ours. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see who's, uh, who's interested in nobody, running for that. I would like him to be nobody's senator. Wasn't he running uh, for one some, term? Wouldn't this be his third term? Somebody was saying the family who owns that company that he worked for, they don't want him back at the company. <laughs> they want him out in Washington. Maybe that's the root cause there. You know, obviously we're going to have our very exciting governor yep. um, up for re-election, and that's going to be quite a challenge. Uh, well, I don't know. Up. I mean, the legislature pretty much refuses to meet, so it's not like there's going to be much of a record to run on. That's true, but Wisconsin <laughs> you know, might, governors, might help him. Typically, Wisconsin governors have not done well when there's a Democrat in the White House that Democratic governor yeah, usually yeah. loses. Not saying that it's impossible, but it's going to be a challenge. Uh, yeah. And if we'll we see. lose all branches of the government again, that would be really unfortunate. Definitely. Hopefully, he can hang on. I mean, Ebers actually did a little better in some of the rural areas than we've done in the presidential level, so... He needs to do better in the suburbs. You know, Biden did great in the suburbs. He did. Biden did not do that well in the city of Milwaukee, relatively speaking. At least on the north side, he didn't do as well, or the south side. He did yeah, I mean, again, better I in think, wider areas. I think we expected him to do a little bit better in the city than he did. You know so. where Biden, the only county where he really lost a large amount of support was Kenosha. He didn't lose support relative to Clinton. Trump got way more votes than he did the first time. Well, the election is over as much as uh, a lot of conservatives don't want it to be. You know, if you're watching. Uh, I mean, it was over news. on November 3rd. I mean, yes. You know. No, you but know, Paul, like tr- Trump won. And then like all these votes, all these. I, I had won. Yeah. And then all these votes came in. You know, Didn't like, we talk about that that was going <laughs> yeah. to happen? because yes, of the way we did. They... We did. We talked about yeah. it. I mean, it was, Many the, people did. The, I mean, the it red, was a lot. It was lots, well understood. Paul, from that lots of that. people are talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the early vote being counted yeah, take them longer to count. The, Everybody the, knew that was going to happen. The red mirage, because we're operating under the rules, at least in Wisconsin, that were mm-hmm. passed by the Republican legislature and a Republican governor right. in recent years. So the votes that get counted first are the votes that get submitted on election day. Yeah, And then and the mail-in ballots come later. Scott and I did talk election night, even though we didn't podcast. And I remember we both knew we were going to carry Wisconsin. 
I mean, we were just waiting for the last boats to come in. We knew we'd have it. Um, yes. I thought we'd do a little better because I didn't think Kenosha would go as badly as it did. I was feeling very good about Wisconsin. I also thought we'd do a little better in Milwaukee, too. But yeah, we did really well in Green Bay. And the other places we did poorly in were college areas because the campuses are so dead. We just didn't well, turn out the students. The UWM award was 15% turnout. Right. Um, so, which is usually, it's like 40%. So mm. it was a pretty big drop. And it was a really big drop in Eau Claire, Lacrosse. Even parts of Madison were not well, as good as they thought. Begs the question if things weren't shut Big down, what would it have looked like? I mean, I actually think our field campaign would have gone a lot better. Sure, people blame Trump because of coronavirus, but people didn't like Trump to begin with. Yeah. And I think people who support Trump tended to think that you can't blame him for coronavirus. So I really don't think it hurt him nearly as badly as everybody thought. Well, I think it was baked in. You yeah, know, but it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of removed almost from... If you're a Trump supporter, you look at, okay... He signed these stimulus bills. The economy is not as bad as it could be. And he's doing what he can. If you don't like Trump, you look at it like, well, of course he would screw this up. Unfortunately, I think he did more than screw it up. He Mm -hmm. made it a lot worse than it needed to be. So, I mean, I guess it made us extra mad against him. But that doesn't mean I got to vote a second time. Um, All right, listeners. Well, I think that's a full lid. More later, we'll start talking about if 2022 will become a midterm disaster. Yeah, um, shortly. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, there's questions around the census. The Supreme Court is looking at that in terms of who gets counted and who doesn't. And we still don't know who's going to control the Senate. So there's a lot of stuff in motion. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk yep. to you soon. Forward. Go America. Go America.